You found yourself on another episode of Locked on Bulls. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the Boston Celtics pushing it to game five. We're also going to ask, what if the Chicago Bulls do decide to blow it up and Pat Bev apparently may be returning to Houston? We're going to get into all that and more on today's Locked on Bulls. You are Locked on Bulls, your daily podcast on the Chicago Bulls, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for tuning in to Locked On Bulls, member of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NBA. And when you enter promo code locked on, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. That's Pat the Designer, host and creator of the Windy City Breeze and host of the Chicago Bears podcast over at ESPN 1000. I'm Hayes, host and creator of Chicago Bulls and Chicago Bears Central. All right, man, Pat. We've been talking a lot about, we've been very realistic outside of the Meathead episode where we were just trading, just be trading. We had fun <laughs> on that episode. Uh, but one of the things that is a very real reality that could happen, well, to a degree, is that what if the Bulls do blow it up in some shape, form, or fashion? Not a completely tear down of the roster. What if they do make an unexpected move? So we're going to talk about that here in this first segment. Um, and so I'll, I'll turn it over to you first. When you look at that possible scenarios for the Bulls to, you know, retool, rebuild, blow it up, whatever you want to call it, what's one of the ones that you think is more realistic than what some fans or some of us may want to admit? I, I think that um, if the Mavericks do end up signing Kyrie, that might be a serious one that the Bulls might look at because then you're picking a lane, right? We kind of talked mm-hmm. about this before where Zach Levine is probably the trade piece that gets that deal done. You send him down to Dallas. Um, you get back Kyrie Irving. I know everybody's going to say, oh my God, Kyrie, why would you bring him to the Bulls? The thing is you're trying to start to build this team around the young guys that are on this team and hope that somebody takes that next step. Because the one thing that we do know with this team right now is that there's no clear-cut superstar on this team or there's nobody that it feels like is going to get you to an Eastern conference final on this team currently. And so to me, right? Like, I think we know what Kyrie Irving is. We know what kind of player he is. We know that does he have his off the court issues? 110%. I'm never going to sit here and tell you that this man's not Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, at the funeral with Qui-Gon Jinn. You know what I mean? But I I think at at the end of the day, and, and, and actual gin. Shout yeah, out to him. <laughs> <laughs> but I think at the end of the day, right, like we know what kind of basketball player he is. We know when he's on the court, he's one of the best players in the world legitimately. And uh, I, I think that that to me is one of the reasons that I would take a look at that because then you're picking a direction. I think you're probably then moving on from DeMar DeRozan in that case as well. I don't know what teams could you, I mean, the Lakers are always in the market for somebody. So maybe you could get something done there. He's wanted to go there anyway. And then I think finally, right? Like that you just, you probably just letting Vooch walk a sign and trade at that point probably isn't going to happen because there's no point for him to come back unless you just feel like he's going to get the most, unless he feels like he's going to get the most money there. But I think then you're picking a clear lane. You're picking a direction. You're saying, okay, it's going to be Kobe white. It's going to be Patrick Williams. And we're going to have, as crazy as this is to say, Kyrie Irving leading the show. <laughs> That's crazy to think. Um, 
And not to say that Kyrie hasn't done it before, you know, with the young players around him that were kind of unproven, and maybe that is the the, the move again. I don't yeah. I don't necessarily hate that. Um, I don't I think, love it either. Here's the yeah, thing. I don't love it either. I don't like, love a lot of the options that we thought of. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to, to be honest, here's the thing is that sometimes you do, and I said this before, you do have to take a step back to eventually take that step forward. Yeah. And so I look at the kind of the framework of the deal you laid out, and then I'm going to throw something similar on that with the third overall pick over in Portland. Now, Portland, uh, you know, there's been all types of rumors around Portland. Uh, they may they're they're apt to keep the pick if they do get uh, trade the pick. They want a three and D wing and you know all this. But I'm gonna say that if the Bulls, if the Bulls see Scoot Henderson as a player that they can build around and maybe even take some of the pieces of this young core and yeah. they can get the most out of. And keep in mind as well, it's something that I thought about too is that they do own their own first round pick this year. So if they do were if they were to do some type of retooling that does make them worse. You then also maybe gain the ability of having another lottery pick next year with your own pick that you do own outright. So if they were to call up Portland and Portland was to say, listen, we're not even talking about this deal unless Zach Levine's on the table. Yeah. While, yes, it makes you worse initially. And at that point, I, unless Scoot just comes in and he's just an amazing right away, at that point, we're probably not even contending for a play-in spot. But if you can build a deal around Anthony Simons, the number three pick, and then Zach, a future first or whatever it takes, and, and some young players, if you can get that done. And the one thing, I did read something, I think, late last week that came out and said, I actually think it was one of Casey Johnson's mailbags. He said that the barrier of entry for that number three pick is going to be Zach, probably uh, a Caruso or a Patrick Williams, and yeah. a future pick. And if it takes that, if, you, if the Bulls truly see Scoot as the next player that they can build their franchise around, I can't be mad at that. I don't I, I don't see it per se, but I wouldn't be mad at that because you've then picked your direction, right? And then you can make your decision on Vooch. You can make your decision on DeMar. Or hell, if, if they do want to get fancy, maybe try to work out something with DeMar and Zach and you get back Anthony Simons and maybe Jeremy Grant in the signing trade, whatever. Like you alleviate some financial responsibility from them. They get two players. I don't think that that's likely, but, you know, it's it's the hardest thing to gauge right now is like how what how much does Portland really think that they can build a contending team around Dame? Because yeah. if they really are trying to go for it, not just to appease him, but really, really trying to go for it, I mean, I don't know if anybody else is gonna offer much more than that, unless I mean they can offer way more future first than what the Bulls have to offer, but at least at that point, you're getting two players that you know what they bring. What do you think, Pat? I just feel like right if you're if you're making that trade again, you're right. You're you're gambling on the draft. Yeah. Um, you're hoping that Scoot Henderson and or because that pick is three, three. So you would either end up with Scoot Henderson or Brandon Miller. Um, you have to kind of. I guess it depends on who they would realistically want in that situation, or if you would want either one of. Might be fine taking either one of. But I think the biggest question mark there is right, like. How are you mad? What are you getting back to match the money? If you if you do get Anthony Simons, okay, let's have a conversation on that. I, I like what Anthony Simons brings, but then what role is he playing on the Chicago Bulls? Are you moving forward with him as your starting point guard and you're trying to go out there and add something else to that? Right? Like I, I think that I don't yeah. hate it, but I I'm trying to figure out what the steps are outside of that, right? What does that mean then for DeMar DeRozan? Because realistically, I don't know if you move on from P. Well, if anything, I, I think at that point, right, you move on from Caruso, who's the older player, 
Um, if you have to include something in there, you try and get maybe something else back. But you move on from Caruso, who's the older player, going to be the defensive anchor, somebody that I think Portland actually would like. Um, you ride it out with your young guys at that point, and you're adding a young guy in, and Anthony Simons, and maybe, like you said, a Jeremy Grant or something like that. Uh, I, I think that at that point, right, like if you let everyone else walk, I would want to still have a vet on this team. And surprisingly enough, I think I would want DeMar DeRozan to be a part of this team in that case, especially mm. if it's Brandon Miller, right? Just to keep him out of trouble, make sure he's doing his own laundry out here. Um, but I, I just, I would want a vet on the team that's going to be able to kind of balance out the youth of the team. Cause we don't see right. Like OKC is a special case. Mm-hmm. Most of the teams that are just a hundred percent young. Yeah. They're talented as all get out, but they suck. And it's because there's no structure built because there's no vets to go. Hey, don't do that. Well, why? <laughs> like, I, like, I like how you simplify that. Hey, Hey, that don't do it. Don't, don't do, do that. It. You know what I mean? So I think I think in that case, I would want DeMar DeRozan to stay here. I don't think you're building around DeMar, and, and you have to have that understanding with DeMar that, hey, you're here to be the mentor. You're here to be the voice that leads these guys into the yeah. next era. I mean, hey, it, it's it's an interesting case study to look at. Um, I don't know if we're going to actually be talking about this here in a couple of weeks. We're about a month away from the draft, but... Yeah. You know, I mean, I'll say this, if if draft night comes, much like I was completely caught off guard when the Jimmy Butler trade went down, if we see an unexpected deal um, happen again on draft night for the Bulls, I, like I said, if you pick, pick a direction, I, I mean, I'm going to leave room in hindsight a year or two later, be like, hey, man, that yeah. didn't work out for you, huh? Uh, but I'm, I'll am i be at least, <laughs> at least we have a direction, right? At least we know kind of what we're doing. And we know that it's about to be a rough couple of couple of years at the at the moment. I- I guess, right, like, do you feel that Zach Levine is going to have these high heights after he leaves? That's the question you got to ask yourself. Well, Jimmy the, Butler the did. Question, Larry Markkinen's now become a number one, even though the Larry one, I still understand. He was hurt and didn't really yeah, want to be Yeah, and he didn't want to be here anymore. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> I, I, and Tony Gill asked me this, right? I interviewed him over on Central. He asked this, and it, it was a question that I literally had to pause for a second. He said this. Do you see Zach Levine's on the contract for four more years at this point? Yeah. Do you see the Bulls realistically building a championship team around Zach in the next four years? If you don't, and you have to do everything you can to accelerate that window. You you can't. I'm gonna be honest with you. You can't extrapolate out four years of a team anymore because you never know who's gonna become available. Right True. now, do I feel that way? No, I don't think that they're they're going to put a championship team around Zach Levine. But you know what changes that? If all of a sudden one day freaking John Morant says, you know what, I don't want to be in Memphis no more. I want to go play with Zach Levine in Chicago. Guess what? Now you're talking about being a championship team. And that's that sounds like a far-fetched case, but we've seen stuff like that happen. Every year. <laughs> I mean, listen. You usually, I- you're probably not going to get, man, I'm dying to play with Anthony Simon. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, too, I, I just don't feel like you necessarily even get that about Zach, too. It'd be different if Zach, like, went on these playoff runs or something. Like, we'll see, man. A- a- anything's yeah. possible. You just have to put yourself Nobody's in a position dying to, play to take with advantage. Brad Beal either. So. 
That is very true, which, which is crazy. Uh, but all right, we're going to get next up. We're going to talk about Pat Bev and him re uh, reportedly saying there's a high chance he may go to Houston to play with James Harden. But before we do that, I got to talk to you guys about one of our sponsors. I don't know if James is good. James going? That's what, hey, listen, that was part of the conversation. James but, uh, going? And that's Bird Dogs, man. So when you, when you look at Bird Dogs, Bird Dogs is a, com is a company that builds just comfortable pants and and an athletic wear uh fit comfort versatility that's kind of what they build their things around and i can tell you right now somebody who has literally worn their products to be in the studio they are very comfortable uh, very very comfortable uh the versatility to be able to go in jog in them go to the gym in them they bring everything you need to, to in an example like that so you go to birddogs.com slash locked on nba and when you enter promo code locked on they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs yeti style tumbler with every order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on. Make sure you use that promo code locked on NBA. All right, Patrick. <laughs> Once a week, I got to throw it in there. Once a week, brother. Once a week. Oh, so, man. Pat Bev, man, uh, not only has he talked about his contract demands, basically, he's now put in a target of a team there, uh, and that's the Houston Rockets. Now, we've kind of moved on here at Locked On Bulls as far as Pat Bev possibly re-signing to this team, but we know there are some Bulls fans that are still holding out hope. Was this yeah. the last nail in the coffin for you as far as the hopes of Pat Bev maybe possibly returning to the Chicago Bulls? Uh, probably. He said there was a high chance, basically. I think him and Rome were doing a, a live podcast or something like that. And, and he said that there was a high chance that, um, he goes back down to Houston. Uh, he said that they were in talks before and I was one of the teams that wanted him back. And realistically, right. It's the conversation we just had. Guess what? He's going to go down there and do. He's going to piss Jalen green off because he's going to tell Jalen green. You can't just, you can't just do what you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> hey, don't do that. You know what I mean? So like, <laughs> hey, don't do that. I, I just, I, I I think that that's kind of the role that he likes to be. And I do think that Pat Bev likes to mentor guys. I don't know if he's on the ring tour yet. Um, I mean, I guess kind of he's on the ring tour, but I think that. Not if he's going to Houston. Well, I think, I think realistically he realizes, right, there's not really a contender that's looking for him right now. So now what's the next best step in your career? Hey, let me get these young guys to the point where I'm the vet, where we ride and where we, we, we're, you know, getting them to that next level, especially, right, he's going down there. Ime Odoka could be down there. I don't know if James Harden is really going back. That would be dumb to me. Talk about a step back. Like, not to say James, James Harden cares anymore. Play. I don't think he cares, bro. Like, James Harden just wants to eat donuts and shoot a couple of shots every once in a while, Is bro. it is it just for the club scene? It's just for that strip club scene? Be. You trying to get be. down there, man? It's like, I don't know. So the direct quote, Roan asked, do you really think that James Harden is going to go back in Houston? And is there any chance of you reuniting with him back in Houston? And Patrick Beverly responded to this very highly, very high chance. That was one of my decisions when I got traded from the Lakers. Houston was one of my, you know, but they told me, Pat, we don't need you right now. You may not play. We need you to mentor young guys, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I still wanted to play. So, I mean, listen, he's ready to be a mentor. Shout out to him. Yeah, I mean, if he's ready to embrace that mentor role, uh, but again, if James Harden is down there too, I, I mean, that's 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 going to be interesting. Oh, man, Sin Goon in the strip club is going to be nuts, dog. Sin Goon <laughs> like, making it rain in the strip club. <laughs> I I I like. Here's the weird part about it, right? Like, I I feel like Patrick Beverly is what Damian Lillard was asking for when he talked about 
vets being on teams and leading these guys. I feel like he's what a lot of teams need. Realistically, right, if we did end up going down that first scenario, if DeMar DeRozan was to end up getting moved, I would love to have a Pat Bev on the Bulls in that situation because I think he is a good mentor. I think he's a guy that's going to teach people to work hard, teach people to to go out there and, and give everything you have. And at the end of the day, Right, like you let the chips fall where they may, and and I think that he's going to be in in a perfect role in Houston. So I I expect them to go down there. I I think that that's probably that or nah, because they cut him. I was going to say that or Orlando. I mean that that listen, Orlando's done some weird. Keep in mind that they rescinded the rights of of uh, Mo Bamba to then just re-sign him and then to trade him midway through the season. What so Orlando does him? weird things. They got Pat Bev and what? In that trade, I don't remember what they got. I don't know. Like that, I feel like that actually worked out for them in their face because Mo Baba didn't see a minute of floor time. Like, what's going on with this guy? Like, <laughs> Mo Baba had thirty and a half, scored two points in the second half, and then never got. What's so game. crazy about Mo Bamba is he's coming la- like last season. He had the best season of his career, yeah. and then he came back this season, signed a deal, read up for tw- ten million plus. And the Orlando Magic literally was like, yeah, thanks for re-signing that deal. We got your check for you, but don't get off the bench. That's basically what they told him. That's and then, so he went to, then he went to the Lakers, and the Lakers said, hey, listen, we got a spot for you. You're going to be able to play next to and back up Anthony Davis at the same time. They did it for two games, and then was like, yeah, sit down and don't play basketball. <laughs> Stop it. Get some help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what they said. It's crazy. I don't know, man. Like that, that's a that's one of those situations where you you kind of keep an eye on that guy to see if he's one that ends up leaving. He's a nice piece that's still young that could fit in. But yeah, I, I don't. Obama's a weird one, man. Like <laughs> it, it, it was just a weird situation altogether. I guess get your bag, but like, man, you don't want to play a little bit. Like you, there had to be teams that were offering you less money, but you could have got on the court. Hey, listen, I, I listen in this day and age, I understand going out and getting the bag that you can. He's 25 years old. He got more than enough years left ahead of him. But it's just it's just so odd to see a player come off one of their best statistical seasons. And then it's just like, yeah, we ain't got nothing for you after that. Like in 2021-22, Mo Bamba averaged 10.6 points, yeah. eight rebounds a game, 1.7 blocks, only one turnover per game. And that was on 25 minutes and coming off the bench primarily. That's crazy. They told that man, hey, listen, brother, uh, you got that tick because we had no other options. Good job. Yeah, it's I, the magic. All they got is fours and centers <laughs> down four, there. Bro. That's all they got, bro. <laughs> Jonathan Isaac, they probably was expecting to come back. Yeah, that's true. That's that's true. That's true. Man, that, hey, hang it up, brother. I, I get keeping coming back, but, man, I, I, think, I think you might want to hang that one up and start the next phase of your life. Um, I, I don't know. I, with, all the way back to Pat Bev, though, um, I love the time that he had here in Chicago. It was a heck of a – it was a fun ride. I'm not going to act like it wasn't. Uh, I think he's a great leader. I think Houston's going to have uh, have some really good moments with him. And uh, we'll see you on the next one, I guess. So, you know, like, <laughs> if you ever – you ever coming back? Shout out to you. I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's hilarious, man. Where's he retired? Pat Bell's played for a lot of teams. What's the team that he's most known for that he retires with? I think it is the Rockets, right? I always think of him as a Rocket, personally. I guess, yeah, I always think of him as a Rocket. Who'd he hurt Russ with? That's, what, that's the team I always think about him with. 
I think that was the Rockets. That was the Rockets, yeah. When Russ tore his ACL, I think that was yeah. the Rockets. Yeah, it was, you was OC on that one, Pat Bev. Come on now, but shout out to you. Um, Pat Bev do be tripping, bro. He Pat be Bev tripping. be tripping sometimes. Yeah. It's all good, but he said he want 15 million. He be tripping. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, man. That's crazy. That's hey, wild. I wouldn't bet he get that money, but you know what you can bet on? That's FanDuel. You need to make that fast break over to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now, new customers can get the no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's one thousand dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win why do you want to choose FanDuel? here's why great promotions every day safe and secure you're not going to get an app that's more safe and secure and you get paid instantly there's no better place to bet all uh all the playoff action than the number one sports book in america visit fanduel.com forward slash locked on to get the no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's fanduel.com forward slash locked on FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, Pat. So uh, the Boston Celtics won game four. Uh, Let me ask you this. Do you think that did the Celtics win that game? Or did the Heat lose that game? The reason why I asked that, because the Heat shot that the, terribly in that game. Uh, 8 of 32 from three-point range, uh, 43% overall from the field, 15 turnovers. How you feeling about it? What? What? <laughs> what oh, come say? on, bro. That was, that was it. Did, oh, did, I got Did you. they win that game? Or did that? Yeah. What? What? <laughs> man, I'm out of here, man. Y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God, I couldn't hold that in. Um, I I mean, here's the tough part, right? Realistically, the Heat struggled in this game shooting a basketball. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, this is the Heat team we watched all season. Like when I watched it, I was just like, they're back. They're back, yeah. yeah. They're back. back like, I, earth, I, right? I just sit there like, oh my God, this is crazy. How can this I was just like they're back? Like they're not shooting 50% and above. Um I still like how Jimmy came out. Jimmy was still aggressive. I thought that he missed a little bit and it didn't get off to as good of a start. Uh, I thought that Boston kind of came out and they wanted to punch uh, Miami in the mouth. That kind of happened, but not realistically. It happened more in the first quarter than the second quarter. And, uh, you know, listen, Boston came out with with their backs against the wall and fought hard. And I think the thing is this. Chuck said something really interesting in the TNT game tonight, which is crazy to say about Chuck because Chuck and really interesting don't always go together. Uh, well, no, he do say a lot I'm of interesting He's always stuff. interesting, yeah. But, insightful may not be the word. <laughs> insightful might be the word yeah. I was looking for. But um, he said that, you know, he talked about how Boston hasn't won these games because they're the better team or the better mental team. They've won these games just because they're more talented. And the Miami Heat have been stronger mentally in this series, and they fought harder in this series. And that's what kind of has outweighed the talent portion of it because Boston, very much looking like the Chicago Bulls in a way, has basically said we're talented enough that even if we get down in this game, we could shoot ourselves out, and they haven't. So I, I thought that that was a really interesting point by Chuck. Shout out to uh, the insightfulness of Charles Barkley. On that. <laughs> Charles Barkley. Here's what I'm going to ask you. What? Way too early to talk about the, the Boston, even though Boston fans are already we're going to be the first team to come back down 3-0. It's not going to happen. Uh, I won't pick that to happen until we, if they look dominant the next two games, maybe. But uh, what percentage chance are you giving Boston 
to win game five on their home court? I give them game five. I think they okay. do win game five. I think they, I think it gets back to Miami. Um, I, I probably give them a 65% chance okay. because I think you got the momentum. You've got it. You're going to have the home crowd behind you. Um, I think that uh, Tatum's got to get himself going earlier. That's the one thing for me. Like it, everybody wants to, everybody hates my superstar take on Tatum, but then moments like this roll around. And I just look in the camera and just say, Hey, listen, like you got, you got to, these are the times where superstars show up. These are the times when the best of the best show up on a consistent basis. And I've watched Jason Tatum three years in a row not do it. It's so true. It was good to see it tonight, but yeah. you know, realistically, Jalen Brown has not played any of this year. I, I refuse to believe that is somebody inheriting the the body of Jason. I'm sorry, Jalen Brown, because he just he has not been himself this series at all. You know what I think they realized? I think they realized that he can't dribble. <laughs> like I'm not gonna lie, like he really can't dribble. Like when everybody was like. Jalen Brown is leaps and bounds better than Zach Levine. I was like, they both kind of had the same issues. <laughs> like that's hilarious. Realistically, that hilarious. neither of them can dribble. I think Zach's handle improved a lot this season, but like, I don't think there's a lot of ball handling skill on that side. And so uh, that's crazy. Uh, so I think that uh, you know, th- with with Jimmy Butler playing in his chest a lot more and and, and staying close to him, it hasn't mm-hmm. allowed him to uh, be able to get away and, and get to the bucket. But I also think, listen, at the end of the day, he's played poorly. He yeah. has. I'm not even going to. But here's the thing. Jason Tatum played poorly last year, and Jalen Brown was the thing, the, the person that basically carried them through a lot of those games. So, yeah. you know, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm, I still have a Miami-Denver finals, but I do think that this will probably go six now with them winning game four. And the thing for me is that, Seeing Miami perform this way makes me a little bit concerned of, okay, are they going to run out of gas against Denver? Because that's a team that they, that, that the depth there and, and the way that Jokic plays, like it's, I just wonder if they're eventually going to run out of gas. Like they've been on an amazing run and I just would hate for that run to end with a disappointing finals appearance, bro. I, it's tough, right? Because I, I know I said on Locked on NBA maybe two weeks ago that I didn't think that Denver would ever win a championship with Mike Malone as their head coach. Since then, he's been coaching unbelievably out of his mind. Um, <laughs> Listen, Nick Nurse has a has a, a, a title. I think I think Mike Malone can get one. I, I, we'll see. We'll it see. also helps that Jamal Murray has been has absolutely gone nuclear. Um, okay. I. I don't. Here's the hard part. The only way that Miami wins is by shocking us all. Mm. Like I don't see a way that Miami wins because I don't think that Denver comes in with the same mindset that Boston has. That's fair. I don't think that Denver gets outworked by the Miami Heat, and That's Denver fair. just has better talent at all four positions. Basically, I mean, yeah. Jokic, Aaron Gordon, yeah. Um, maybe, maybe Aaron Gordon's on Jimmy. That may be the only matchup you could say, but Jamal Murray, eh, I'll probably give Jimmy over Jamal. MPJ is definitely better than anything that, that Miami can throw at him. What Duncan Robinson, I guess the real question is, is Tyler hero coming back? That's a, that's a big question. Um, 
I don't know, man. I, it, it, I, it, they've been kind of quiet, which kind of makes me more concerned when you when you're that quiet on the injury. So now here's the scary part too, though. Um, usually, the team that has the longer layoff doesn't come out as ready in game one. This is true. If Miami gets game one, there might there there's a chance. Because if Miami can get game one and they split in Denver and come back to Miami, Miami might be able to get two at home. Okay. I don't know. That's there's a lot of scenarios, man. First off, Miami, get there. How about yeah. we do that? I was gonna say you cannot you cannot have this playoff run and play with this much heart and end up being the and first team to give up a three oh lead. Because if they do that <laughs> they could be the first eight seed to ever make a would it be the first eight seed to ever make a finals? Yeah. Yeah. Or they could be the first team to ever give up a 3-0 lead. A lot That's of history on the line. Wild. A lot of history on the line here. Hey, we'll see. We'll see. We'll be tuned in right here, brother. Go ahead and send us home, fam. Hey, man, follow us on everything at Locked on Bulls. You can follow me on everything at Pat the Designer. Jimmy, we miss you. <laughs> you guys can follow me at CEO Hayes at CEO H A I Z E. Make sure you guys stay locked in with us over the course of the summer. We'll be get delivering that fire content every single day for Pat the Designer. I'm Hayes. This has been Locked On Bulls, and we out here. Peace, y'all. Peace.